One more item, the Innovators Global Summit is a two-day event coming up in San Francisco that will shed light on the work of physician innovators all over the world who are doing their part to affect change in healthcare. While physicians are considered the scientific leaders in healthcare, they aren't always recognized for their efforts pushing for change and improvement in healthcare. And yet many physician innovators are doing some amazing things related to healthcare in different areas all around the world. The inaugural Innovation MD Global Summit 2020 will be held January 11th and January 12th at UCSF Mission Bay in San Francisco, very close to the waterfront. It will showcase the work of physician innovators and hopefully inspire others to learn and ignite innovation in healthcare. To register for the Innovator Global Summit 2020, go to IGS2020.com, IGS2020.com, IGS. 2020.com, IGS2020.com. Hi, this is Peter Onorati. You're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson, along with our guest Tommy Hawkins, Emmy Award-nominated radio and TV broadcaster, former star with the Los Angeles Lakers and the Cincinnati Royals, a longtime executive with the Los Angeles Dodgers, and a Renaissance man, if ever there was one. Tommy's book, Life's Reflections, Poetry for the People is a collection of poetry that captures Tommy's many interests, which include such subjects as sports, jazz, art, poetry, and life itself. And as we mentioned, each of Tommy's poems is accompanied by a painting or photograph that illustrates his words, including works by such legendary artists as Leroy Neiman and Ernie Barnes. You can order Life's Reflections, Poetry for the People, directly from Tommy himself by going to TommyHawkins.net www.tommyhawkins.net. Of course, you played in the NBA, Tommy, for 10 years, I think uh, six or seven with the Los Angeles Lakers. And of course, today, the Lakers are huge in Los Angeles. But, you know, once upon a time, believe it or not, folks, once upon a time, there was a time when no one in Los Angeles knew who the Lakers were. Would you tell us the story of of what happened when the Lakers first came to Los Angeles from Minneapolis? Well, first of all, we have to make a comparison. When you look at the Dodgers coming to Los Angeles in 1957, a known entity, the team of Jackie Robinson, the team of the Boys of Summer and everything, everyone knew baseball. Uh, Los Angeles was a baseball town. It had been a Pacific Coast League town uh, with the Hollywood Stars and the Los Angeles Angels way back when. The Dodgers came in, met at the airport by 10,000 people, ticker tape parade up and down Broadway, an official welcome on the steps of City Hall. We, the Lakers, drove in through San Bernardino at midnight, (laughs) (laughs) and nobody knew we were here, or nobody knew what the hell a Laker was. And we had to build this franchise from scratch. So when you look at what it is today compared to what it was back in the day that we left Minneapolis and came to Los Angeles, you know, what a difference. But the Lakers were such a non-entity that the first year we were here, we didn't have radio broadcasts of our games, mm-hmm. well, which people say, are you kidding me? And I said, no. Well, you, you know. I'm old enough, Tommy, that at least uh, where I, I mean, I grew up in San Francisco. 
Uh, different okay. mar- different market, obviously. But I'm old enough that um, if you had the Warriors telecast maybe ten times a year, that was a lot. You know, it's right. just, it was it was just very different back then. You know, it, I mean these these days you were we're so spoiled because every game is available on television and radio. It's it's it is hard to imagine. You know, there was a time when that wasn't always the case. Well, that that's that's very true, and. Uh... We came in with, uh, well, it was Jerry West's first year, Elgin Baylor, Rudy LaRusso, Frank Selvey, Bobby Leonard, myself, Ray Felix, Jimmy Krebs, and everything. Mm-hmm. And we just carved it out. Uh, 3,000 people a night at the beginning of the season. By the end of the season, we made the playoffs. And we were averaging 14.505, which was a full house mm-hmm. at the newly constructed sports arena. And that's when Chick Hearn joined the Lakers back in 1961. Chick Hearn, who for many Lakers fans, especially down here in, uh, down here in Southern California, he was the Lakers in many respects. Oh, he, he was the voice of the Lakers. He personalized that team. He made it a part of every household. And we have been blessed here in Los Angeles to have the two most outstanding broadcasters of their sports right here in Los Angeles, Vin Scully and the Dodgers and Chick Hearn and the Lakers. I want to ask you about Vin Scully in, in just a second. But first, we, we mentioned you played most of your, your career uh, with the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, but you spent um, a significant part, I believe, three or four years with the old Cincinnati Royals. And uh, uh, what memories do you have of playing with the Cincinnati Royals and alongside the big O Oscar Robertson? Well, when I got to Cincinnati, I had played six-man for the Lakers for three years. And when I got to Cincinnati, I got my first starting position with the big O uh, in the Queen City of Cincinnati. And it was... It was a great town to be in. We had developed a great following. We were in the Eastern Division, and that meant we had to go up against Philadelphia, New York, and Boston. And uh, it was tough, but we were competitive, and and we were a, a very good team. And we also moved throughout Ohio. We played a lot of games in Columbus. We played games in Cleveland. We trained at Lockbourne Air Force Base, which is right outside of Columbus. And uh, I have great memories of Ohio and the city of Cincinnati and everything that we were able to do there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, two questions. Who was the best player you played with on the same team, and who was the best player that you played against? Well, you know, that would be an interchangeable course. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar Robertson, to play against him, was always tough to play with him. I loved playing with Oscar because Oscar was able to incorporate my positives 
or the contributions that I could make to the team into the offensive pattern. And I will never forget him for that. He was great at that. Playing against Elgin, incredibly tough. Playing with Elgin, an incredible delight. Playing with Jerry, another delight. They were people who were dedicated to the game and who played it and who insisted that you gave your all, as they did every night. So, uh, you know, I can go back and forth. Uh, I happen to have played with Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, Will Chamberlain, Oscar Robertson, all Hall of Famers. All Hall of Famers. <laughs> Oscar Robertson, of course, you know, Tommy's teammate for a three... Four years. Four years, for four years with the old Cincinnati Royals in the early 1960s. Let's see, I understand that one of your poems is based on a singer that you first discovered while you were playing for the Cincinnati Royals? Yeah, a singer by the name of Amanda Ambrose, who just had a great repertoire of songs, and she would accompany herself at the piano, and she would sing like, Please Send Me Someone to Love, a real bluesy thing, and then she'd sing, Tura Lura Lura, that's an Irish lullaby. And she had this cross-section of people, and she impressed me so much that one day, years after I had met her and talked to her and we became friends, I was thinking, whatever happened to this lady? So I sat down and started to write the poem, The Search for Amanda Bros. And uh, this particular narrative came out of it. And the interesting story about that is that my secretary, Sue Townsley, said, I'm going to see what happened to Amanda Bros. <laughs> <laughs> so she actually started a search, got in touch with Amanda Bros's daughter in Cincinnati. And this was just last year. Mm -hmm. Got in touch with Amanda Rose's daughter, and her daughter said that Amanda had died six months earlier wow. and was buried in Cincinnati. Wow. But it's, it's you know, you, you talk about this, you talk about this in the introduction uh, to Last Reflections. I mean, no one person works alone. I mean, uh, we, we are who we are, and we accomplish what we accomplish with the help of of, of other people, and in, in, in the case of the Amanda Ambrose poem, you, you found out what happened to her as your secretary. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And uh, also, I, I did a poem, and uh, I based this poem on, as you get older, you have these reflective moods, mm -hmm. these states, if you will, of recapitulation, and you go back of all of the things that you've done in life, and you see this, and you, you see that, and you relive this, and relive that. And so I wrote uh, the narrative Recapitulations, and uh, I think the last stanza of that narrative is, What would have happened if? My God, what a senseless game. But I still insist on petting this beast I will never tame. 
again, those, th- those are one of those very questions that we all stop and think about, you know, along the way as we get older. And, exactly. Uh, and and it's, it's one of the many reasons why if you pick up a copy of Life's Reflections, you will enjoy it not only for, um, you know, Tommy's thoughts, you know, in, in, in the various uh, uh, verses that, that he writes throughout the book, but also, you know, the, the many great um, paintings and uh, photographs that accompany Life's Reflections, which you can order through Tommy himself by going to TommyHawkins.net, www.TommyHawkins.net. We're, we're talking about how the poems, sometimes the poems reflect, um, you know, capture reflective moods about life itself or, you know, um, recapitulation, as you put it. But sometimes, you know, they're, they're, they're just fun things. Like you have, a, you have a poem about June Lockhart. Yeah, uh, I did. June Lockhart was a co-host with me for a week when I was doing Mid-Morning Los Angeles, and we did the week before Christmas. And I found her to be the most delightful woman, and she had such a charisma and such spirit. And so I went home one night, and I wrote a poem called June and December. And I did a thing on her and everything that she had done, Lassie, Lassie and all of the television shows right. and Lost movies in space. and everything. And I incorporated that with the spirit of Christmas. And uh, she was delighted with the poem, and and she said, I, "I'm just, I'm just terribly uh, surprised and 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 feeling very favored and." And I put it in the book because it, it's a it's a cross section of things. I've got things in there like uh, our propensity to like to gamble mm-hmm. and buy lottery tickets and all of that. I've got a poem in there uh, that how we constantly stay with this, although we never win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's called "Life's a Bitch." <laughs> <laughs> One of my one of my favorite poems, uh, and, and again this go, this goes back to teachers and mentors. One of my favorite poems in, in life's reflection is about a man named Bill McQuitter. Yes, Bill McQuitter. He was a black all American basketball player at Xavier College in uh, Louisiana. He was a high school star at Wanda Phillips High School in Chicago, and he came to my school after graduation. Uh, as the athletic director and head of the safety patrol and prefect of discipline. Man had a lot of jobs. And he was so motivational because he didn't like arrogance. He didn't like wimps. He felt that everybody needed to get into something so that they could make contributions not only to the school but to themselves and their families when they got away from him and everything. And his words and his inspiration lives within me even today. And the poem, Where Have You Gone, Bill McQuitter, tracks back to when I was 10 years old and what this man meant to me. Well... The story you just told is very touching, but one of my favorite you know, parts of that poem is that the name McQuitter, it's, it sounds like a character straight out of Charles Dickens. I mean, but and, and <laughs> because this is a man who never quit. 
No, he says, my, in the poet, in the narrative, uh, McQuither's my name, he bellowed, and I've never quit in my life. That's, that's a very important passage because he would preach, don't quit, don't give up on yourself, don't give in, keep pushing. If you happen to stumble and fall, get up and finish the race. He was just full of those inspirational bromides, if you will. Well, Tommy, I have never quit anything in my life unless I've run out of time. And in this case, unfortunately, we've run out of time. I mean, we, we didn't even talk about your, your, your years with the Dodgers, which is a subject in and of itself. I hope one night uh, you'll, you'll join us again on TV Confidential. We'll have another conversation. I'd be glad to do that, and I thank you so much. It's been an extreme pleasure. Tommy Hawkins, Emmy-nominated radio and TV broadcaster from a conversation that originally aired in February 2012 on TV Confidential. Tommy Hawkins passed away on August 16, 2017 at the age of 80. The next edition of TV Confidential will premiere next week on this station at the usual time. Ed Robertson, behalf of Tony Figueroa, Donna Allen, Phil Grice, and Greg Airbar, thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you next time on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net you can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential x.com forward slash tvconfidential or at tvconfidential on instagram and if you're listening to us on the tv confidential podcast please be sure to hit the subscribe button This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.